0: Welcome to Inside the Play Call with Orange Arrow. And I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today we have a very, very, very special guest. Some call him Andrew, some call him Andy, but I promise if you call him, he will respond. My guy,
1: <laughs> Andrew Stocky. Welcome to the pod. How are you? I'm doing great, Sean. It's so good to see you. I get three varies. Wow. I, I must be important.
0: Yeah, no, no, t- totally. Most guests only get like <laughs> two and a half like almost like wow. 20 possible, like playing space, but you get, we got three books there. So you got. You got be me that means I'm old
1: now. That's what you're saying. I'm an old person now. <laughs> <laughs> Show respect. Thank Show you. respect.
0: Awesome. it's so actually pretty cool, that somewhat of a role reversal. So growing up, you know, as a young lad at Pitt plant, being a student athlete, you know, you used to interview me, you supported over the years. This is the first time I actually get a chance to be on the other side of the mic.
1: Well, here's the difference. You had things you were doing, you were accomplishing. I've got nothing to share. This is going to be a really boring interview. <laughs> no, no, I'm
0: kidding. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, so so let's get into it. So let's warm up a little bit. Okay. Got a couple softball right. questions for you. Okay. So okay. you are competing in the Olympics. You can compete in any sport. What sport would you compete in?
1: I would say figure skating. Uh, I skate a lot during my free time here. It's my winter exercise. I started back up about uh, five, six years ago, and I absolutely love it. I go down to the rink here and skate. In fact, I just did it today. Not that I can do double axles, but I would like to try figure skating.
0: How about that? How about that? So, you know, so you're in Pittsburgh. I'm in South Florida. I'm not sure if I ever had the opportunity to figure skate here. Uh, but, <laughs> but 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 that's something I wanted to learn, though. I'm a so-so roller roller skater. I haven't skated out in a while, tried, attempted it in a while, but I've never attempted to uh, figure skate. So. Maybe one time when I come back in the winter after COVID, mm-hmm. you have to take me out there and give me a lesson or two.
1: I would love to. I think you, you, you do it, you get hooked on it, and you find a place in South Florida to skate someplace. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right, next one. You had yeah. your choice. Live in a city where the temperature never falls below 100 degrees or live in a city where it only snows. 100 degrees only snows.
1: I'm 100 degrees. I mean, I like winter sports, but let's be real. I hate shoveling, I hate the cold. I hate <laughs> having to wash my car every, every two days. So definitely turn on the heat for me.
0: There it is, 100 degrees, last one. Okay. Favorite TV show of all time? All time? All time.
1: That's hard. Oh goodness, that's, what's my favorite TV show of all time? All I need is one. Um, okay, all right, I, you know what? I love Mad About You. I don't know if you remember that show from the 90s. Yeah, I love it because it's about a couple and they're trying to navigate the whole marriage thing. And it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I just think it's, it's a funny, interesting show. It's not realistic in terms of like the you know, nice condo in the middle of the city, but I used to watch that show all the time. So I would probably say Mad About You.
0: Mad About You, I like that selection. Mad About You, Mad About okay. You. So, so take us back, talk about your childhood, growing up. You originally from Chicago, is that correct?
1: I was born in Chicago uh, way back in 1968, so I, I'm old. Um, you don't look <laughs> it. You don't look it. You,
0: you, you still look the same as this when I was a freshman in college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting older, well, you're getting younger.
1: Oh, thank <laughs> you. You're very kind. No, I was born in Chicago, uh, and uh, my father worked for the Internal Revenue Service. So we moved around a lot when I was a kid. I lived in, before I was nine, I lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, Kansas City, Washington, D.C., before my parents finally settled down in Connecticut, so my, myself and my brother could have a a more normal childhood and so um i grew up in a small town in connecticut uh called simsbury connecticut which i'm sure you've never heard of and most people haven't um but that's where i did most of my growing up so i i guess i'm a new englander just by you know where i've lived and where i'm from uh, and so i i grew up there uh really enjoyed the experience between about two hours from boston two hours from new york that's I was going to ask.
0: okay so how far are you yeah. from bristol
1: bristol was 30 minutes
0: Oh, really close. Okay. Uh, yeah, really. that's
1: where I interned in college. Uh, literally, it was so close to my house. I went and interned out there, and uh, you know, Bristol, Connecticut, at ESPN. At ESPN, ESPN okay. The yeah, I, I did a couple internships there while I was in college. I, I went to went to Ohio University for college, yes. and then I, Athens, yes, yeah, yeah, Athens, yeah. Now I won't bring up any bad memories of Ohio U because I know Pitt fans don't want to hear about that.
0: <laughs> well, 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 when I played, we got the W, yeah. but yeah, they did break a heart. But yeah. I was actually recruited by Ohio, you come out of high school. I Get was out always of here. a Bobcat. I was always oh my a
1: goodness. Bobcat. I, I'll tell you, you know, the program has been through a lot of tough times. And I think when they were recruiting you it was some difficult times and they really needed your help and we wish <laughs> you'd gone down there. Um, but, uh, you know, they they got a whole lot better and they uh, they beat Pitt one year when Pitt went down to play them. So that was a, a big moment for me, um, <laughs> but, but anyway. Uh, so, so, I and and to- so I'm
0: actually yeah. staying there. At Ohio U, so somebody yep. that we we know who's like a brother to me, so Tori Cox, you know, yes, former yep. teammate, his yep. son just accepted a scholarship to play at Ohio U. Did he? Yeah, so he's That's playing, fantastic. He's playing corner in high school. I'm not sure if he's playing corner or safety at Ohio okay. U, but uh, we got to make that connection because you know we, we need to make sure oh. we have that support system around him.
1: He's gonna have a great time. Uh, Frank Solich is the head coach. Has done a really wonderful job. It's like a, you know, it's a great place to go to college because it feels like a new, a small New England school. You have like eighteen thousand kids, and there are a lot of Pittsburgh kids that go to IOU. i I'm not really sure why. Maybe I didn't so know close. that. Okay. Yeah, there are a lot of Pittsburgh kids. Uh, and a lot of people I meet who go to Ohio U found out I went to school there and reached out to me once they graduate or they're they're nearing graduation. Um, but anyway, so I went to school there to study. Yeah, it's fine. I want to study. business side of television you know marketing sales programming that's kind of what i wanted to do i didn't plan on being on television at all that was never my my goal uh and it's funny while i was in school there's um there's no like sales clubs or you know marketing clubs or things like that so we had a campus tv station campus radio station so i learned a little bit about television and radio and how to do it and as i continued doing i mean i enjoyed it but i just you know I i didn't have the i don't think i had the anchor hair the anchor look. <laughs> I, didn't <laughs> think, I didn't think it was going to be something I would do with my career. So uh, I, I had my first, uh, after I graduated, I worked at ESPN briefly on Sports Center, waiting for a job to open in the sales division. Nothing opened up. And then I went back to Chicago, got worked with uh, something called Sports Channel at the time. We carried the Bulls games, the White Sox games. Um, and that was the best part about that job was the fact that I had floor seats for the Bulls uh wow. during Jordan's first title run. I yeah, gonna that ask was the time
0: frame. Like early Jordan, what, what time frame is this?
1: 1990. This is like the first of the 6 championships. This is after the, the Pistons won in 89 and the Bulls finally I think it was 91 finally won the title. Um so it was kind of cool watching Michael Jordan up close. That was fun. That is um, really cool. I
0: actually have a Jordan story I want to share with you. So go, I was a forward. huge Jordan friend, fan growing up and uh-huh. Growing up in Ohio, about 45 minutes from Cleveland, my mom mm-hmm. was so kind to take me to the one of their games. It was when they were okay. – it was the playoff game when they were playing the Cavs when he made an iconic shot over Craig ELO, Oh, he was Craig like, yeah, yeah. He was, like, floating for, like, five seconds right. around the free throw line. So, so it, it, it gets better. So we were there. Right mm. before that shot, there was a timeout call. And so my okay. mom, it was just my mom and I, she wanted to beat the traffic. So she said, we should leave. So we actually left during the time. <laughs> and then it wasn't what? until until we heard fans running outside screaming, "The Bulls won!" And I'm like, "What you mean they won?" So my aunt was living in Cleveland at the time. We went there and actually saw the replay on television, even though I was actually at the game. Incredible! Thanks, mom. Shout out to mom. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, we, we love our mothers, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> right right but
0: look well, the nice thing but now i might be the only person who has that story my mom and i so that's something i can share now that's true and you, exactly. you sold the ticket i'm
1: assuming right you have the ticket stuff because they used to hand out tickets way back when
0: i know i don't i wish that, that, oh. that would have been, oh. been clutch that would have been clutch right. yeah you
1: can say you were in the building you were at least the exactly building
0: exactly <laughs> exactly so 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 90s bull chicago
1: yeah so i was there for about you know about six months i, I found that I really it wasn't. I wasn't passionate about about sales and the business side. It just really wasn't. And, um, you know, you kind of get to a point in your life, at some point you're like, you know, what is it I want to do? And I said, you know what, I, I enjoyed television because it was about storytelling. It was about uh, creating something every single day from nothing. Uh, you know, and it, it, I love sports, but I just, I just thought the whole process of broadcast news was interesting. So I had some of my tapes in college. Uh, I, I did get a job offer before I got my first on-air job. I worked in uh, D.C., for what was at that time Fox News. Now, Fox News in 1991 was not the Fox News we know today. It was a network trying to get its affiliates to start doing local news. Uh, There was no, you know, political slant back then. It was just, it was literally like 10 of us in a room trying to get people to, you know, stations to do news and things like that. So I I did that for about three months. And then I got a job offer in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, an on-air job. And this is, so the fall of, I guess fall of 91, yeah, or winter of 91. And so, um, you know, I got, I got the job offer. Uh, it's a tape I'd sent out to other places and somehow they got it. So it's, here's a funny story. So I get up there and, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to my news director on my first day. I said, thank you so much. This is really a big honor for me. I'm very excited to be working where I grew up. But why did you hire me? I mean, I'm by far, I had the least experience. Probably was the youngest person. I think I was 22, maybe. Uh, I'm like, why me? And she said two things. Number one, we were looking for somebody who was from the area, who knew Connecticut sports on the professional college and high school level. And second of all, this is 1991. Remember, you don't have a mustache. Hmm. Wow. Back then. Remember, everybody tried to look like Tom Selleck or, you know, everybody had a mustache or facial hair. I I didn't. So um, I know that sounds kind of uh, ridiculous for hiring somebody, but I think that, you know, it's kind of like, let's look at somebody who doesn't look like everybody else. So uh, I've never had a mustache.
0: You still yeah. don't have a mustache. Do you I, ever have a mustache or a beard?
1: I, I had a goatee back in 01 for like three weeks. Okay. And I loved it. And my news director said, nah, no. I said, okay. So, yeah. so yeah. this is the way I've always looked. But that was that was my first foray into television. So I've i worked in Hartford. I worked in Mobile, Alabama after that for about two years, and I came here in nineteen ninety five. How
0: about that? How about that? Yeah. yeah. So uh, so so you talked about Hartford now, Patriots fan? Yeah.
1: Growing up, no, no, honestly, I, I honestly, I've, I've always loved the Bears. I was a big bear. I was, I was more of a Walter Payton fan. Walter Payton, oh, was
0: yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, so, you sweet, you yeah know. sweet, sweet, wait, sweet, sweetness, sweetness, sweetness,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Walter sweetness. Payton, and, and of course, I grew up during the 85 Bears that whole championship season. Oh, uh, now, do you remember the uh, the song? Oh, the Super Bowl Shuffle, Super? yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not gonna sing it, but I, I remember. No, I I remember the song. Bad bad song, but it was just kind of cool. That was a fun team. That was a fun no, yes, football.
0: Yes, yes, it was. Yes it was. My uncle actually played college ball with Richard Denton at Tennessee State.
1: Oh, get out of here. Wow. Yeah, Richard mm-hmm.
0: Dent. I remember I mean Willie Gault. I mean, they mm-hmm. have some talented characters on, on that team. The fridge.
1: Oh, the fridge. The fridge. Samurai Mike. Mike Mike Singletary. Right. You know, they had that team, honestly, the fact they won just one Super Bowl is really sad. I mean, that was a team that was as talented as any I've ever seen. I mean, defensively, you know, people are like, what's the greatest defensive team of all time? I mean, and people are going to say the 76 Steelers because of what they accomplished. They had six six shutouts that year. But I've never seen a team do what the 85 Bears did, where they would basically dominate the game literally from the very beginning. Like you knew the other team had no chance. Yeah, there was never the an instance where you thought, yeah, they were that good. And they should have probably gone unbeaten, too. That was – uh, was Buddy Ryan the defense coordinator? Buddy Ryan, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: No, they were incredible. And, and I remember that 85 team. I was young, but I, mean, I remember they, that team.
1: Well, here we are 35 years later. We still talk about
0: them. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's how great yeah. they were. That's how great they were.
0: Well, that Ravens team was pretty strong, too. The one – with
1: uh, with Ray and Ann, I forgot which year, but when it, they, they were two thousand, the two thousand, so that was you know my, my three favorite defenses are the seventy six Steelers, the eighty five Bears, and the two thousand Ravens, and uh, you know, the only difference between the three honestly is the fact that the seventy six Steelers didn't win the Super Bowl, the other two did, okay, you know? and so that was the only difference. Uh, but I mean, those were three really amazing defenses. And I think if you're a, if you're a football fan. You know, go back and go to YouTube. Watch the highlights. It's just amazing. Rake
0: right now. The three. Who are you taking?
1: I'm going to go 85 Bears 1, 76 Steelers 2, 2,000 Ravens 3. Okay. All I, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure people in Pittsburgh are going to be happy with that, but, you know, that's, <laughs> that, I, I got to be honest with you, the 85 Bears were just that was an incredible team. I mean, I, I've never, I've never seen a team like that before. Since. Yeah,
0: and so Pittsburgh fans might not be too harsh because you did put them above the Ravens. So, so you got that there, and then also you got Dick with the Pittsburgh tie. So maybe they'll give you a pass for that one.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, I think you know it's funny when you're in this town, you know, and the Steelers. Believe me, I mean, great franchise, great organization. Uh, you know, dominant teams, six Super Bowls. I mean, there's, but you know, like think for instance, the 2000 Ravens did something that. The 76 Steelers didn't do. I mean, they, they basically outscored their offense for a month. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that is right. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, the 76 Steelers pitched six shutouts that year. But this, the, the 2000 Ravens basically, you know, they, they played, I think it was like four games that month. They won three of them. And the deep offense didn't score a touchdown. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. That's impressive.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's legendary stuff right there. So, so Pittsburgh in 95.
1: Yeah, I, I came here, um, you know, I, I knew about Pittsburgh, I think what everybody who was not from Pittsburgh back then knew about Pittsburgh. It's a town where, it's a steel town, although the steel industry by then had pretty much, you know, died for the most part. There was very little still of what was around the 60s and 70s. Um, I think also the the football team, everybody knew about the Steelers. Right. Uh, the Penguins at that point had won two Stanley Cups. Um, and so I came here thinking I'd be here for maybe a couple of years, because I wanted to work in Chicago or Boston or New York. I, I wanted to be in those cities. We had four teams, big time. I knew I was good enough to take that step. And I said, you know, that's what I wanted. And it's one of those things where the more time you spend in a place and the more you get to know a place, you, you learn things about it that are really interesting, that connect to you, that, that you really feel a, a bond with. Um, I grew up in a small town. So in many ways, Pittsburgh was exactly uh, where I grew up. You know, um, and at the time, the city was going through a real beginning of a transformation. I mean, Three River Stadium was still up at this time. Okay, so from the time I got there, you know, uh, Three River Stadium was employed. They built the two new stadiums. Uh, There was more development. There's um, a growth of communities and neighborhoods. Pittsburgh was changing, you know, in a way that made a much more desirable city to live in. If you're a young person, I mean, I was 27 when I got here. You know, so what's going to keep a 27-year-old in Pittsburgh? Uh, new things. And uh, so that's one of the reasons I stuck around. I, I also loved the job. I really loved what I was doing. And, you know, I, I was doing weekends one one year, and the next year all of I'm doing all the weekday shows. <laughs> so <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. You brought up
0: Three Rivers. I'm actually part of the group that actually had an opportunity to play in all three stadiums. So Old Stadium, Three okay. Rivers, right. and then Heinz Field for my last few years
1: so which ones you like the best
0: you know what i would say playing heinz field but for mm. the atmosphere i would say the old Pitt stadium i mean i, I was a young guy because i, mm. I love the it felt i mean it's hard to, to create that college feel for it mm. you know right there you see the pittsburgh still a country you got the right. you, know, you got the pirates you got the penguins but we felt like we had we had our own community right there on campus. Students would just walk out the doors uh, yeah. right down into it. Because so I remember the, the last the last game at Pitch Stadium was against Notre Dame, which I'm sure you were you
1: were you were there, oh. and uh, it, it, it was just incredible. It was it was you know honestly I understood why I understand I think I understood I don't know about you I understood why they moved, but you know there was something missing because that atmosphere that stadium that walk up the hill. <laughs> it was unique and it was it was it was a i know they didn't pack the place i mean i know that i think you know that too but that was never the that's not what made it so special people knew it was there and people would go when they wanted to go and they would support when they wanted to support
0: yeah that's true and so so what do you share with young people who are looking to get in your your industry as far as things they should work on uh things they should be as, as it relates to building in their craft, what advice do you have for young people that are looking to get into your industry?
1: Well, I tell them, first of all, I know we're in a very unusual time, uh, but in many ways, this is a great opportunity. Uh, you know, this is a time when people are communicating. People are talking. People are doing journalism every single day, just in a very different way. I always say, look, the first thing you need to do is be able to write and write effectively. You know, you, your job is to take... As a, as, a, as a television reporter, for instance, take a lot of information and condense it down to a minute 30, a minute 45, whatever, you know, how do you take a story, find the most important elements, and write effectively, uh, learning how to communicate effectively too, uh, you know on television, it, it's not so much you trying to impersonate somebody, because you know a lot of young people who do this. I mean, you remember as an attorney, it was kind of like, you know, I, there's a guy I want to follow. I want to have his style or her style. Right. And it's like right. you need to find out who you are and be who you are, uh, because whoever you are on television is who you're going to be in public, How people, what people will expect of you. So it, it, took me, it took me a while to figure out who I was, but I know who I am now. And this is me. And hopefully the person you see sitting here today is the same person you see on television. That's that's my goal. So those are the two things. And I think the other thing is I, I would not worry about, like, I want to be a sportscaster, so I have to get a sports job. I have to, I want to be a t- news anchor, so I have to get an anchor job. That'd be nice and all. But, you know, if you open your, your mind up to other opportunities within this business, you will be amazed at what's out there. I mean, I, I started out as a sportscaster because uh, I knew sports. I luckily got a sports job. But I, as you know, I mean, I left sports back in, Oh six for ten, almost not ten. Was it five years? Five years to to do news because I began to find an interest in news. Now I do both, and I get to do you know cover the the, the campaigns this year. Uh, I was covering you know the the, the protests and the racial awakening. I'm um, covering the sports scene, business news. Um, it's it's great because I get to do a little bit of everything, and I and now uh, it, it's fun because you know so many so many things are kind of colliding at once now. We're going from, you know, a presidential election is now over, as far as we know, Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, <Right>. um, <laughs> from, from my reporting, yeah. Um, also, you know, we're going through a, a time of, of racial, I guess awakening is the word, but also racial awareness. I think there's a conversation going on. You know, there's a actual effort to let, let's see what we can do to try and, you know, find this common ground now that. It seems everybody understands there's a problem, you know, and there's been a problem for a long time. So yeah, one thing I'll yeah, I'll bore you with one thing real quick. We we do something at channel four called WTA listens that I've been doing a lot of the stories on since June. And what we decided to do was, you know what, it's time for Black Pittsburgh to tell its story. So what we do is we, we approach different uh, you know, black or African-American Pittsburghers in various life walks of life. Some are big ways, successful financial people. Some are just your everyday people. And it, we're, t- we're saying, well, tell us your story. Tell us what's going on. Tell us what you think, what you feel, what you see. And it has been uh, eye-opening, I think, for our audience. It's been eye-opening for many. You know, you learn about aspects of Black life. You thought you knew everything? No. So in many ways, it's been fun to do those stories and meet these people and hear these stories and share them with our audience. And that's part of the fun of what I do. I mean, I love, I love sports. I love the Steelers and Penguins and Pirates and all that. But you know what? I know when I do one of those WTA listen stories, it's had, it has an impact because it's something that people haven't heard. We don't edit. We don't put a, you know, say you can't say this, you can't say that. We're like, tell us your story and just let it go. I like it. I
0: like it. I have seen that. So I applaud for the work you all have been doing and leading that efforts. And I mean, it's really about uh, building cross cross relationships and really starting mm-hmm. to bring people together to find out we're actually more alike. We are different and being intentional about about doing so. So I heard you correctly. So improve writing skills, communication yep. skills and be open and be open.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what look also one last thing. Listen, I think yeah, you, you probably remember from the time you spent with me. Yes, you have questions, and you come into anything with a group of questions. But if you're listening to the person, there'll be an angle or something you didn't think about. It's like, well, wait a minute, let's let's talk about that. Let, because some of my best stories I've ever done have been from conversations where I went with basically three questions, and then you start talking, and then you're listening, and you're talking, you're listening, and all of a sudden it goes in a completely different direction. And that's what I think makes a really good journalist being able that's to listen.
0: That's great advice. That's great advice. And so, so how do you deal with and, and what the time frame you got comfortable where people started to recognize you and come up to you in the streets, in the streets of Pittsburgh, because I mean, people know who you are. So being on TV and people feel like they know you, like talk mm-hmm. about like that, that side of things and, and that
1: adjustment. Well, you know, it's funny. When I first started, I mean, it was obvious I was young, you know, and people were like. I, those who recognize me are like, is this guy really old enough to be doing this? Because This is Pittsburgh. You have this history of great sports anchors and reporters and you know legendary voices. And all of a sudden, there's me. Um, in fact, I remember the first, there was a poll, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette of like sports media personalities. I think I was like second to the bottom. This was like 1995, 96. So I'm just like, great. OK, that's where I'm starting from. Um, you know, I think people come up to me and it's not so much they they recognize me, but they also say, I like what you do. That's the greatest compliment. I mean, whether it's covering high school sports, like people can tell I care about kids. They can tell that I'm not sitting there giving my opinion. I'm sharing information. And I think that's what really makes me happy when people say that. Yeah, people come to me. It's not like all the time where I'm stopped and, you know, because this is Pittsburgh, because you're, you're just part of their family. So they see you every yeah. day. You know? But, you know, it's the thing part of it, honestly, as time goes on uh it kind of gets lost on me because i don't really feel famous i don't feel like you know I, I feel like when i'm in the studio doing what i do every day and i'm on the air what i do the five o'clock news I the sports at six or 11, i don't think about the number of people they're watching I, I really don't so when people actually come up to me and recognize me i'm sometimes kind of surprised
0: wow how about that yeah
1: you know, i just it just doesn't i think more people when they see you in unfamiliar places like when i'm skating and people recognize me it's like you skate I
0: thought you want to be right right yeah yeah
1: Indeed. or or when, <laughs> you know, when they seem an unusual place but no I, I mean I, I wish I could tell you like you know I have legions of followers I sign autographs and I do all that but honestly I think because when I'm off the air I, I dress very casually I'm a jeans guy t-shirt guy I wear this you know I'm not I'm not in a coat and tie and you know, I think when you're not in a coat and tie you know people just don't you know make that connection I think it's part of it
0: yeah, and so so it looks like it's it's like a long sleeve polo you have on. Looks like something that you could wear to golf. So talk about golf <laughs> love for golf. When did you pick up
1: golf? That was that was pretty smooth. That was a nice transition. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I started playing golf in Alabama um, down there at the time. This is the early nineties. They started uh, building golf courses like like they were going out of style. I mean, it was crazy. They built golf courses, and as a sports caster, you really needed to play golf. Because that's how you met people. I mean, in Alabama, and there's no pro sports there. So Alabama and Auburn might as well be professional sports. Right. Might as well. Yeah. So all the alumni, all the coaches, they are out there on the golf course. And if you don't at least play the game, you're going to miss out on a whole lot. So that's how I got started. Um, I got a little crazy about golf, like way crazy, probably like in the early 2000s, because I was playing all the time with my friends or or my wife at the time. And I was out. I was playing 60 rounds a year. I was that serious. Wow. You know, yeah. I have the golf closet, you know, the different shoes, the pants, the shirts. I mean, I was a golf maniac. How
0: about and that? Yeah. I'm on
1: my and way you, there. You <laughs> see so your plan. Yes.
0: I'm on my way. Not quite maniac, but hmm? you, you catch about another year. <laughs> I <might be>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, Here's the thing. As you get older, you begin to realize, you know what? I'm not going to be on the pro tour. I need to stop acting like I'm going to be a professional. I play some of my best golf now because I don't play as much. I play maybe, you know, this during this COVID thing, probably maybe five or six rounds, tops. I just don't Seriously? play that much anymore. Wow. Well, because it takes so long to play. I mean, here's the problem. I dare you to tell me there's a round of golf played in less than four hours in this country, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it takes- yeah, it's tough,
0: it's tough. Yeah. You know what, I will say this, okay. during this time of COVID, having separate uh, carts and having four carts to a group, that did yes. speed up the game a little bit. So I agree. We I still agree. have to do that here in South Florida. So, uh, so it's still it's probably
1: three
0: hours and fifty eight minutes, but <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> but it, we may yeah. be under four,
1: not quite sure. <laughs> well, it's honestly I love the game, I love playing, but it's not something that uh, I don't feel the passion I used to because there's other things I've done in my life. I like the skating is something I like to do. I, I've gotten to bicycling. You know, I finally I finally got a bike two months into this thing uh, and uh, started biking. You know, I used to run. Um, I found there were other things to do. Other than play golf all the time, but you know, at the same time, golf is a sport you can play for the rest of your life, and right. you can't do that with you know So, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll get back to at least maybe thirty rounds a year at some point.
0: Yeah, no, that'd be great, and it's interesting. So, my my granddad, who is actually from Alabama, he introduced okay. me to the game, and I, I truly enjoy it. And I'm still blown away how here in South Florida, I can play all year round. Like I'm just yeah. December, I played this past Sunday. It was 81 degrees. Like, so So it's incredible. So so it seems Thanks, like Char. two things. Yes.
1: Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah definitely. That's, yeah. That's, you you <laughs> can rub that in.
1: <laughs> so there's two
0: things we have to do. We have to uh-huh. go ice skating in the winter. Yes. And then in the summer, we got to go
1: golfing. Well, I think golf we can make happen because I'm sure the next time you come up this way, it'll be warm.
0: Right, 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 right. So <laughs> it it be not order, it'll go golf and then we'll go skating.
1: There we go. There we go. But I'm glad you're awesome. playing. I'm glad you enjoy it. Cause it's, it's a lot, it is a fun game. It is a fun, fun game.
0: And to your point earlier, it's actually good for networking and building relationships. I mean, it, it, it has helped me a lot to meet new people being mm-hmm. new to this area, be able to, to at least attempt to play, play, play decently, you know, at the game of golf. And uh, I've been able to build relationships. And, and that's kind of my part of my community down here.
1: And that's how you build, you know, you get to really know people. I and mean, people are themselves on the golf course. You learn who a person is through golf, which sounds kind of cliche, but it's true. I mean, how a person reacts to things, how they act. Um, you can hear Gary on conversations. You can get paired up with somebody. Just paired up somebody you've never met. And by the time you're done playing 18, you will know more about them than maybe some of your of your friends. That's true.
0: That's true. Yep. Yeah, I got to make sure I play this. We played this for my wife so i gotta keep finding ways to keep reinforcing yo babe you gotta keep giving me the green light to get up here and play so to she's wait like, it's the most what? warrior game i can't get her to go out there with me no i can't do it i can't do it i used to put
1: really I, I mean i played with my wife forever and was that's one of the reasons i played 60 rounds a year because every weekend it's like uh she was she would book the, the tea times you know take care of everything we just have to drive the course and play wow and it was wow. always fun because we had something to do together outdoors for four hours every week. Exactly.
0: That's what I'm trying to sell her on that. I'm trying to sell her on that. Again, I'm going to replay this for her. I got to keep okay. trying to keep sawing that wood. Keep sawing that wood. That's what Coach Young is I mean, I mean you know,
1: there's no better way to spend time with your man than on a golf course.
0: There it is. And I mean that.
1: <laughs> There's no better way.
0: <laughs> there it is. And so, so, so as we wrap up, so yeah. the mission of Orange Arrow Players Association is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the mm-hmm. field, off the track, out of the pool, wherever mm-hmm. the playing arena may be. You've been around sports your entire life. You've seen a lot of come and go. Why is it important for a student athlete to be successful outside of their sport?
1: Because sports is a very small part of your life. And I I think you know this. You know, I'm, I'm sure you certainly do. It's about what you do with the rest of your life. Sports will build character. You'll build friendships. You will learn lessons. You'll deal with adversity. And all those things are important. But those lessons are being taught to you through sports because you're going to need them the rest of your life. There's a reason why people who play sports tend to be more successful in their careers after sports, you know, because they they've faced the challenge. They've gone against the odds. They've been told no. You know, so it's important for you to be a very good athlete. Yes, a very good student athlete. But it's the lessons you take from your days on the field and what you do with them beyond the field. And I've seen a lot of professional athletes and college athletes like yourself who have transitioned into the world and found a calling that perhaps they didn't, didn't expect or didn't know. And they, they lean back on their experiences as athletes to help get them through the tough times in the beginnings of their careers. And that way they're successful down the road. So, you know, I think whether you're, a, even if you're a high school athlete, I think we need to also say high school athletes to It's not just a pro or a college. If you're in high school, you face all the same challenges that pro and college athletes do. You do. You know, they're just, it's a smaller venue. You know, there may not be a, a national championship on the line or a Super Bowl ring. But you know, what? if you're playing for the, uh, the city championship or the Whippeal title, that's a pretty big deal. And if you win that, you could say, you know what, I learned how to start from square one with a group of people and we accomplished a mission and we're champions. Now I can do take that lesson and use it in my life beyond sports. Awesome, wonderful.
0: Andrew, thank you for your time. Time is our most valuable asset. I appreciate (laughs) you carving out time to share with us your wisdom. And again, I look forward to connecting with you back in Pittsburgh, first for golf, and then I'll come back (laughs) a few months later and then we'll we'll, uh, ice skate. Appreciate well, Sean, I'm very
1: proud. I'm very proud of you and what you've accomplished. I mean, you know, getting to you know you as a student athlete, as a young person, and seeing what you've done and what you've become. Uh, you know, I don't have kids, but I always feel like the young people I cover are my children because I get to see them grow and mature and become uh, even beyond their wildest expectations. And there are a lot of young men you played with that you know I, I remember covering who are now uh, leaders in their communities, in their fields. Um, it's, it's really remarkable. And I just want to say congratulations to you and, uh, and believe me, if people watch you and follow your lessons, uh, I think it's all they really need to know to be successful.
0: My God, appreciate you, man. I'll pay, i pay, i pay you for that kind word. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a, that's a freebie. That's a freebie. bit. There it is, Awesome. Awesome. <laughs>
0: awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you, boss. Take care.
1: You too, Sean.